Welcome to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast. My name is Dr. Andrew Trasilla from the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group, and I'm joined by my friend and colleague, Peter Bagshaw, uh, GP and CCG Clinical Lead for Mental Health. And today, on one of the hottest days of the year, we're talking about dealing with anger. So welcome to our, our podcast on anger. Peter, is this something that you've had an interest in over the years? It is. Um, so... For a while, I was senior clinical fellow for the University of Bristol, teaching medical students to role play. And one of the things that we taught them was how to deal with angry patients, because it's something I'm sure you've come across uh, in your career where people can get very angry. And the way we tried to get them to deal with it was by understanding what makes people angry and understanding that some, sometimes people will appear to be angry with us, but actually they're just struggling with difficult emotions internally. And it happens to be the person in front of them who, uh, who gets the brunt of that. Is, is that your experience as well, Andrew? Uh, it, it is indeed. And I suppose uh, the, the first question I have is, what does make people angry? What, what were you teaching and what, what, what came out in discussions? Yes, and it is often about the inner pain that people are feeling. So although it appears to us to be an external thing, it's often what people are feeling inside. They're very upset about something. They may have heard bad news. And of course, if you're talking to a doctor, often you, you do hear bad news, sadly. It may be that one of your relatives has been un, unwell and you feel that the, the doctor hasn't picked it up as quickly as they should do or dealt with it as well as they should do. And, and that distress can come out as anger. So it's a an externalization of an inner pain, I think. You can only hit out if you hurt inside. Absolutely. And I know, Andrew, you're always good on the, uh, the, the biochemistry of this, aren't you? So do you want to tell us a bit about why we get angry and what the, the purpose of it is? Um, so that's really interesting, Peter. There are two aspects to this. Thank you. Um, thinking about emotional logic, which originated in, in, in South Devon and explains how unpleasant loss emotions sh such as shock or denial or anger we're talking about today, uh, guilt or bargaining or depression, are actually preparation states for change and growth is, is helpful. And if we think about anger in specific, we get angry when we've lost something and we're trying to prevent that loss. And that anger gets externalized. And the meaning of anger is I want to prevent the loss of something important to me. Now, the useful purpose of that is actually energy to go and uh, go out into the world and to, to change, change the world. Um, and, uh, Often we might think, well, that's mine. I want it. Um, I want this back. I want this back. And sometimes things can't, can't be retrieved. We can't regain the loss. And that's where the challenge comes of transforming the anger, which is an energy form, into creativity. But we'll come back to that a bit in a minute. Anger is something that's seen in, in certainly all mammalian species. And the biochemistry I believe, certainly includes sympathetic arousal. So there will be adrenaline and noradrenaline. So we're on the, the fight or flight um, uh, uh, system. And so, Peter, can you remember what the effects of adrenaline are on people? 
If, if yes, it is about, as you were saying, giving us extra energy. It's like switching on that power boost, isn't it? So yes. our heart goes faster, uh, the blood goes to the, the muscles rather than to the, the guts and the skin. Um, we, we, we tend to, to feel stronger. <laughs> you were saying about anger giving us extra energy. Often if, say, I'm trying to get a nail out that won't budge, I'll get very angry with it. And that seems to give you that, that extra burst of energy to, to just achieve something that you weren't able to manage before. So it, it can be a positive thing, can't it? Uh, it can. And what are the other things that adrenaline does? Can you remember what, what does it do to our mouths? How do our mouths feel? It dries our secretions, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. And, and how about our palms? Our uh, yeah, yeah, they get sweaty and, uh, yes... Absolutely. And the, the, our skin, um, the, the blood goes away. So it goes to the essential organs. Uh, again, it, it's like uh, diverting everything to your, putting your shields on maximum if you're, uh, if you're on a spaceship or something like that and diverting it away from inessential uh, systems. And the emotions we experience with it are, are, can, can be fear conjoined with anger and frustration. And so fear comes along with it as well. And I think in the angry state, we also experience the dopamine system. So there's dopamine, which is driving us. So there's a, 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 a joining up of, of fear and drive and anger with a whole biochemical cascade that arouse us and interestingly have effects on our breathing our breathing may become shallow um, and rapid and chaotic um, we may start quite heavy um, panting breathing um, our posture when we're angry will change if we're standing up for instance and we feel quite neutral then we'll stand stand upright and and relax if we're standing up feeling fearful, then we might cower. We might um, put our heads down and our shoulders down and, and wish to shrink a bit. But if we're feeling angry, we put our fists up and we put one foot in front of the other and we, 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 we adopt an aggressive pose. So there's all sorts of things that happen as a result of feeling angry at, at the physical level. And, and this is the really curious bit. If you stand in an angry pose you'll start to feel angry. If you stand or if you sit down and cower in a fearful pose, you will start to fear, feel fearful. If you sit, and uh, perhaps you'd like to do this a minute, Peter, if you'd like to put both feet flat on the floor, allow your spine to be comfortable and look with your gaze horizontal, eyes open or eyes closed. If you're, if you're using heavy machinery or driving at the moment, please do not do this exercise. Please just um, skip this little bit uh, and just allow your breathing to slow down and to become rhythmic, regular and deep abdominal breathing using the diaphragm. And how does that feel? That's good. Yeah, more relaxed, more calm. And if yeah. you were feeling angry and aroused, what would that do? It would calm you, I'm sure. Whether you could do it when you're really, really angry, of course, that would take training, wouldn't it? But it's a good thing to recognise, and it's, it's one of the ways that we deal with anger management, isn't it? I was very interested in what you said, Andrew, about how adopting the posture can change our inner feelings. And I've... I've read similar research where if you smile and laugh, it actually makes you feel happier, um, which, which sounds bizarre, but it, it can actually make a difference, doesn't it? 
Uh, absolutely. It releases a whole load of biochemistry of endorphins, uh, uh, oxytocin and, and others, which are, are nourishing and supporting. And it, it's really interesting laughing, Peter, because laughing uses the same muscles as sobbing. And it means we're getting something off our chest. Mm-hmm. And we talk about laughing till we cry, don't we? It can often be, the two can often be very closely interlinked. So coming back to anger, it sounds as though it's a really useful way of switching on that extra boost when we need to to get out of trouble, Um, the, the classic flight or fight. But we don't do so much fleeing and fighting uh, in our contemporary society, we tend to have lots of other things that make us angry. So is it a, a less useful response in, a, in our current climate, do you think? Um, we're, it's certainly designed for, they say, for being cavemen and having to run away from a tiger and things, uh, or, or to, to, I suppose, fight against the neighbouring tribe, if that's what you were going to do. Um, it, we have to adapt to the world we're living in. And so we have to know how to manage our energy levels and manage this biochemistry by learning to, to calm ourselves when appropriate. But also, if we have got that extra burst of energy, how can we transform it into creativity? How can we divert it? And I don't mean throw the anger at somebody else instead of, you know, if you're angry with me, I could say, well, would you mind being angry with Peter instead? It's him that did it. It wasn't me, Gov. Um, there is something about uh, helping to trans helping to learn to transform it um and might i mention one of the bark flower remedies at this point of course so uh, as as you know endorsing anything of course no exactly as you know and some of our our listeners know i've i've been teaching about bark flower remedies for 20 or 30 years there's a very interesting one called holly which transforms um negativity into into love so um love when when it's when we feel betrayed can change into um jealousy envy suspicion and greed which is classically anger and and holly can actually transform that and i I remember seeing it work on toddler jealousy um many years ago and it just transformed this little this little two-year-old in in just a just just two days quite fascinating the transformation and if any of our listeners are thinking toddler jealousy well that's something that the children ought to get over um i think if we think about toddler jealousy as the ultimate betrayal um when we feel unloved it helps us and the example i would use would be if if peter if you were now how can i put this on air um, um carefully let's say i was with two um friends um and we happened to be i happened to be in an intimate relationship with one and we'd had lots of special time and um skin contact and and cuddles and special times then we then we would feel as though we had a special relationship now let's say i then went away after two years of this treatment i went away to a hotel for a weekend and came back with somebody else who I was giving this treatment to, and the first person was now in the back bedroom. How would that first person feel? Pretty furious, I would think. Well, that's exactly what happens when mum goes off to hospital and has a new baby. Mm. You're Mm. completely displaced. So, you know, as adults, we say, well, children should get over toddler jealousy and stop being angry and stop throwing their tantrums. And actually, it's, it's quite explainable.
Mm, yes. Uh, and, and thinking about children's tantrums, it's quite fascinating because that's another, fa- another um, manifestation of anger. Unless they're chemically driven, um, and I would say that by orange juice or some intolerance that, that children sometimes have, a child having a, a frustrating, angry tantrum, if it is allowed and encouraged to have that tantrum, and I'm not saying this is necessarily part of routine anger management, it's difficult to sustain that state of emotion for more than 90 seconds. However, if you keep interrupting it, then it can perpetuate. But if, you, if I were to say to you, Peter, look, you're having a bit of a tantrum, just lie on the floor and really have a thrash around, it would be very difficult to keep doing that for more than a couple of minutes. I'm, I'm putting myself up to be shot down here. In, uh, in, no, uh, no, I, I completely agree. And it's actually one of the techniques that we taught medical students is if you have somebody who's angry, just let them let it out. Because as you say, after a while, you, you can't sustain it and it does burn itself out. And the, the problem is, as you know, I'm, I'm into uh, transactional analysis, this sort of parent, child, yes. um, adult mode. And the temptation is that when, when somebody is angry, they're in child mode, as, as you say, a, a, a temper tantrum. And yes. that tends to make us respond either as a parent saying, stop it, or as a child getting equally angry. And that then sustains it and it carries on. Whereas if we can just be calm, stay in adult mode, and let the person let off steam, then you know, quite literally the steam does run out and the pressure goes down. And that's people often right. feel better. That's quite right. And, and Steve Peters, Professor Steve Peters, wrote about the chimp paradox uh, and says that we all have a rational adult. And uh, in a way, he looks at the child as, as the chimp, our inner chimp, our emotional brain, as well as our sensible human. And at a time of inner distress, this, this emotional being inside us can throw a tantrum. And he writes that the chimp in distress needs to be either exercise, given a banana, or boxed. And exercising means taking the chimp to a safe place and allowing it to let off that steam, listening to the chimp for as long as it wants, and not commenting. And once that chimp has been exercised, we can reason with it, calm its fears, and use fact and truth and logic, and box it. And the other thing that the angry, angry chimp needs, it needs to feel secure um, as part of its tribe. And certainly at this time of, of, of COVID, many of us have lost our security of seeing colleagues in the workplace or seeing family. And so there's quite a lot of, of reasons for anger. And, and, and the last thing Steve Peter says about the chimp is that you can manage it by feeding it, demar- feeding it bananas. And those are either real bananas or, or distractions or rewards. And of course, over these last few months, um, many of us have had lots of frustration. I mean, we are on the hottest day of the year at the moment, and hot, humid weather makes people irritable as well. But there's been so much loss for so many people, and so many frustrations, and pandemics aside. And so, um, you know, no wonder that some of us feel like throwing our toys out of the pram occasionally. Another thing, certainly for us as, as doctors, but for the general public to recognize is that anger can actually be due to an underlying disease process. So we know, for instance, that people with frontotemporal dementia uh, get more angry and irritable. Uh, We know that people who've who've had certain car accidents that have affected the brain or strokes that affect the brain, again, have difficulties controlling their emotions. And we know that people who've been damaged as children and have resulting 
personality disorder, again, have great difficulty regulating their emotions. So I get, again, I think understanding what might be going on inside this angry person is a very good way of helping us to deal with it. Do you, do you find that? Uh, very much so. And um, I'm pleased that you mentioned our childhood experiences. Adverse childhood experiences, particularly when we've either been subject to or witnessed um, um, traumatic events, can, can change the, um, the size of our amygdala. And so we could end up with a larger amygdala uh, and problems from that. And so we have a, a system that fires off much more rapidly and so we have to it's part of the long-term anger management learn to parent ourselves and calm the whole system down in order to uh, allow ourselves to be gentler uh, and in a in a better space and the amygdala is part of the, the very basic brain isn't it that, that deals with emotions and feelings so damage has a huge di- impact on on how we can control our emotions absolutely so any other tips you would give for people dealing with somebody faced with somebody who's very angry we've given a couple of practical ones and for me the main thing is is let them talk it out and stay calm and rational and understand but what what other tips would you give to people i think Thank you, Peter. I think we always have to, at the back of our minds, think personal safety because occasionally angry people may lash out and that can happen in the emergency department or it can happen in primary care or, or anywhere. It's not common, but we always need to think of our own safety, know where the panic button might be. I, I do know of a, of a practice recently which um, has, has always had good relationships with all of its patients. They actually had to call the police to remove somebody because that person was um, exhibiting such rage and anger. Um, around the country, we're seeing quite a lot of frustration and anger um, against against many, many establishments and, and institutions, but against the NHS. Um, people have gone through loss. Um, organizations uh, that I work for, two major organizations, have actually had more complaints in the last six months than they've had in the last five years. So there's there's a frustration and anger around. So just coming back to the specifics, always think about your own safety first. Um, and that's important. Be calm. Uh, take a calm posture as long as you are in a safe position and, and you've got an exit strategy if need be. Um, if you've got somebody who's angry in a room with you, make sure that, they, that you are between them and the door, that, the door, that you are nearer the door um, from the point of view of safety. And then, it, then when it comes to actually a situation where you do feel safe uh, and the other person is quite angry, it's important to calm yourself completely down and stay as still within as you can, as well as being alert to whatever, whatever's going on. And remember those, those, those five agreements from South American Wisdom um, – say what you mean, mean what you say, maybe don't say too much, do lots of listening. Um, Second thing is don't take it personally. It's not personal. Somebody else's anger is their anger. It's not there, not not about you. Um, Number three is uh, don't make assumptions. So keep an open mind as to what's going on. And number four, of course, is just do your best as a professional to to help that person. And and number five is, is think about what's going on behind what's going on. What's going on behind what's going on is, is always a, a question that can be useful 
to answer. And everybody's gone through loss these last 18 months. We are human beings. Human beings crave social connection. And people have lost a great deal of social connection. And so part of that loss comes out as frustration and anger. And the useful purpose of anger is the useful purpose of all those unpleasant loss emotions, shock, denial, anger, and guilt, is to reconnect us with our values. And that value of human contact is so valuable and so important. It's a shame if we have to transit anger and guilt in order to get there, but if we can understand them as stepping stones to reconnecting with our values, then, then that's really quite powerful. And emotional logic will teach us um, useful conversational ways of, of helping manage that. I haven't done the training yet, but it is a, something that I'm in, looking into. So hopefully we've given people some useful tips on, on how to deal with people when they're confronted with someone who's angry. What about somebody who's struggling with anger themselves? Because again, it's something that you and I see in surgery a lot. Often young men, that seems to be as a as a stereotype, uh, the group, perhaps because they've got more testosterone, I don't know. Um, but a lot of people will be aware that they have issues with losing, losing their cool very, very quickly and want to try and overcome that. What, what tips can we give them? Well, I was wondering what, what you would teach about that first before I come in with some suggestions. What, what are the suggestions that you would come up with first for that? I would, well, the, the classic one, and it, it's... <laughs> It almost sounds too simple, doesn't it? But it actually works. It's the counting to 10. You know, it sounds absolutely ridiculous. But as we've said before, people can only maintain this angry state for a fairly short period. It's, it's this sort of short-term energy boost, but it does get used up. And if you can just, before you take action, count to 10 slowly, often you'll find that by the time you get to the end of that, uh, the anger has dissipated. Uh, I mean, it sounds banal, but it it actually is very effective as a technique, isn't it? So instead of stimulus react, ba-ba-ba, ba-ba-ba, we go stimulus, pause, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we get a very different reaction. Yeah, absolutely. And then... The other way of dealing uh, with anger in yourself is, as you were saying, to try and transfer it onto something uh, that won't cause harm. So if you really have to punch something, punch the door rather than the person next to you. Um, or a pillow. Advocating damaging doors. But uh, if you can divert the anger into something that's less harmful to other people or yourself, then that can be useful. What tips do you have? Well, I think, carrying on from that, uh, Peter, I think in Japan years ago, you used to be able to go to a gym and, and, uh, and punch pillows and have a 20-minute punching pillow session to uh, let out the anger. I would suggest, um, listeners, that we use a pillow rather than the door. Uh, <laughs> I've seen a few broken fingers from uh, people who punch doors, absolutely. I'm not advocating it. it. It is a challenge. I think we have to think of our biology. I, I love the bit about the stimulus pause before reacting. We have to honour our biology because all sorts of things can contribute to our anger. We've mentioned childhood experiences. There will be differences in personality and some of us will be fiery types and some of us will be very phlegmatic, relaxed types. But 
anybody, if they're dehydrated, it can make them more irritable. If they're sleep depleted, it can make them more irritable. If you're hungry, you can be more irritable. Um, if you feel insecure or unsafe, you can feel more irritable. So tackling all those basic human needs and satisfying them are really so important to help us calm down into a, a more comfortable state. And then, as we mentioned just, just now, remembering to take your breathing down uh, into a more relaxed state. And I suppose here we are talking about negative emotions. If we, if we think about a positive, if we all had a practice so far, sorry, a practice in our lives, whether it's a, an aerobic exercise, whether it's anaerobic exercise, whether it's a martial art, whether it's a form of, of Tai Chi or Qigong or, or yoga or others uh, of mindfulness, whatever works for you, some aspect of your life where you can find inner peace, where you've got a quick technique or a rapid practice that can help you find inner peace and maybe a practice that alongside that, that helps you connect with beauty because appreciation of beauty, appreciation of the environment around us, taking our focus away from that narrow threatened focus on a target into a slower state of appreciation uh, and, and trying to find the depth of inner stillness are an antidote to anger. And I would certainly endorse that. I've, I've tried quite a few of those things. I'd give a particular plug to martial arts. Uh, I'm a black belt in karate, and it's a wonderful way of differentiating uh, your emotions from your actions. So you learn to feel calm, even while you're doing explosive punches and, and kicks. So uh, a very good way of learning to control feelings. Thank you, Peter. That's very interesting. How about non-neurotypical people? It's the same rules for everybody? I think it is, but we have to recognise that those people may struggle more with their emotions and may not recognise uh, emotions because the things we've been talking about uh, with anger, it involves recognising that we're in that angry state and that that may not be appropriate. So, yes, people who are not neurotypical may struggle with emotions, because they feel more fearful of things. Um, so it, it's, yes, I think that's a, a valid point. So it may be difficult for some of us to have insight, and we all lose insight where we're angry because the blood changes its distribution in the brain and we become very target-focused rather than seeing the periphery. But we all know that um, there are signs of maybe arousal, such as rapid speech and, and, and excitement. If we can notice that in ourselves, then we can calm ourselves down. But even if we don't notice, perhaps we should all be aiming um, at a level of inner calm, whatever's happening during the day. I, I must just share an anecdote uh, with you, uh, Peter, if I may. I was in a committee meeting about 20 years ago, and there was something I, very, I felt very strongly about, but I knew it was, a, it was an issue that if I expressed too much emotion, then it, wasn't going, you know, it was going to go wobbly. So I, 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 um, I, I gave a, a couple of minutes brief presentation, and then I said, Mr. Chairman, do you mind if I speak with passion for a couple of minutes? And so I was able to <laughs> speak excitedly, and then I managed to get myself off the, off, the, off the pedestal that I had put myself on. 
And that brings us back to the, where we started, which is that anger can be a positive force. So not something to be frightened of, just something to be channeled. Um, but perhaps I'd better sort of, before I shut up, give this final plug that if somebody is either struggling with anger themselves or is with somebody that they know who struggles with keeping anger under control, it is one of the things that we can self-refer to talking therapies and, and have the, learn the sort of techniques that we've touched briefly on to control their anger when it's destructive. Thank you. So that's Somerset Talking Therapies. And of course, for any mental health issue or any issue like this at all, um, Somerset Mindline is available 24-7. And if I remember rightly, the phone number is 01823-276-892. I think that's right, but I hope people won't get angry with us if we've got that number wrong. Absolutely. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Thank you. You've been listening to the Somerset Emotional Wellbeing Podcast, hosted by Dr. Andrew Tresider and Dr. Peter Bagshaw. The show was created by David Seeley and was produced by Rob Hunt's Music on behalf of the Somerset Clinical Commissioning Group.